0: Welcome to a brand new episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast, a show that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God that meets us in our messy ministries. I'm, of course, your host, Pastor Brad Gray. I serve as the senior pastor at Stonington Baptist Church in Pax Sinos, Pennsylvania. I want to welcome you back to Pastor Brad's corner, uh, a little time where I devote to sort of some reflection, some uh, pondering, and chewing on some things that I've been uh, really thinking about uh, lately. It is so good to be back with you. I am... Uh, safe and sound back in uh, the commonwealth of Pennsylvania it's good to be back home uh, of course I was traveling last weekend with uh, my dad actually we went to Illinois for uh, a really sweet time really special time uh, in which we were able to uh, serve on the council uh, for the ordination of a dear friend Caleb Sparrow the reverend Caleb Sparrow now he serves uh, at a church in Colchester Illinois uh, the rural a really rural part of Illinois, but I'm really, I was so thankful uh, for that opportunity. Uh, I was humbled that uh, Caleb would ask me uh, to serve on his council, uh, which ordained him. But it was just a wonderful time uh, to uh, be there for him uh, as he embarks on and progresses in his ministry a uh, little bit about that um, Caleb and I grew up together uh, he and I uh, have spe- we have a lot of shared experiences he uh, went to my dad's church in South Carolina so we have a lot of uh, things in common and I didn't really realize uh, until I was there and we were just talking and he was sharing some of his uh, some of his ba- background and testimony, I hadn't really realized all the things that we shared together. You know, we grew up together in, in the same church. We were friends. We played basketball together. We went to youth group together. We went to summer camp together. We went to college together. We actually got married during the same summer, uh, the summer of 2012. Um... And then uh, we even got saved the same week of summer camp, uh, uh, if you go back that far, which is just a, an incredible uh, thing to realize just how God was working in each of our lives, uh, even back then, and how He is still working on each of our lives together. Uh, I am so grateful to share in that um, how He has uh, brought us to a place where we're each serving the Lord in different capacities, uh, serving the Lord in His church. Uh, he's serving as a senior pastor in Colchester, Illinois, and I'm serving as a senior pastor here in rural Pennsylvania, Uh, but it's wonderful to see that. uh, See a friend of yours uh, pursuing God's call uh, on his life, you know, I can... Share the testimony of uh, of several of my friends who have not pursued that, who have fallen away, perhaps from what God has desired to do, and yet it is thrilling to share the testimony of of a friend who has uh, wanted and desired nothing more than to serve Jesus uh, with his life, to be wrung out for Christ, so to speak. But I want to say, and I won't share too much just because I don't know what Caleb and Amanda, his wife, would want me to share, but what is even more of a blessing to me is to realize just how faithful, how desirous they are of ministry, uh, even though they have been put through the ringer, so to speak, in the last several years of their lives. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it's more of a testimony uh, and it, more of a challenge to me um, when I consider all that Caleb and his family have gone through. Uh, if, if, if I could tell you all of the trials that he and his wife have endured over the last several years, it would just read like a laundry list of, of suffering, the likes of which many of us uh, don't have a lot of of comparison for. We don't have a lot of ability to uh, to to uh, sort of sympathize or uh, realize all of the just heartache that they have been through. It's tragedy, heaped upon tragedy. And yet, even still, despite all of that, uh, Caleb and Amanda, his wife, they've never really lost their faith. They've never uh, really doubted what God was desirous of doing through them. Um, (laughs) If... (sighs) It's, it's incredible to me. It's incredible to me that they would have that same type of, of faith even through tragedy because I cannot, say, I, I, I cannot say if I had endured what they have endured that I would have the same sort of attitude, uh, the same sort of reactions and resolves uh, and resolution to continue serving uh, their Lord and their God. And yet, here they are. They're pursuing ministry even further. They're pursuing uh, the faith and building the faith and serving the God's kingdom even more, um, even after tragedy, even after trial. And uh, I, I pray that I would have the same sort of resolve and that my faith would be made that sort of, um, would be proven in that sort of way. Um, and, and, and as I've uh, sort of reflected on my time, uh, not just at this ordination, but um, some of the lessons I've learned from, I, I think that's what I've learned, is, is, and that's one of the things that, came, that I came away with, is that the, the metal, the um, M-E-T-T-L-E medal, the sort of, the, the genuineness, the worth, the, the proof, the evidence of our faith is proven in the crucible of suffering. Grief, tragedy, trial, suffering—that's what reveals how genuine our trust is of our Lord and God. And Caleb did that for Ca- uh, God. Did that for Caleb and Amanda. They've been put through a crucible, a very severe crucible of suffering, and in a real, really real way, I think this moment was that much more enjoyable because you could—I could see it in. Recognize it for what it was. It was a moment in which they were sort of coming out on the other side of this season of suffering, knowing that their faith has been proven genuine, that their God is still their God. They never denied Him. They never, perhaps there were seasons of doubting of Him, but they never lost their trust in Him. Um, And that's a testimony, one that I think that we all can learn from, because <laughs> just look around you what has been happening in 2020. Uh, it's been a year, I, I don't have to belabor the point, that uh, it's been a year of incredibly taxing, trying seasons. Um, it, it's, it's kind of become cliche to to hear how, quote, unprecedented this, this season of life is. And yet, I think, what is God doing he is showing us. He's revealing to each and every one of us, really, where our faith truly lies. Where does our trust rest? Is it in our circumstances, or is it in the Christ who is above and ruling over our circumstances? Is our faith in 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 is our faith put in sort of our hold uh, of of the truth, so to speak, or is it our is our faith resting in Jesus' hold of us? And I think that's sort of what is being revealed through the season that we're going through. Um, it's It's been an intense season of suffering. I, I don't have to, I won't sort of spend more time. I, I think we're all sort of familiar with uh, what that means and what that looks like. 2020 is just so cliched on that point. But yet through it all, through uh, spending time with Caleb this past weekend, and then as I've sort of uh, coalesced that reflection with my own reflection on this year, 2020, I can't escape what Peter says in his first letter, um, th- these are familiar verses. This is 1 Peter 1, 6-7. Peter writes, You rejoice in this, per- present persecution, so to speak, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which, though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ there i think peter is articulating just exactly yes what caleb and amanda went through these last several years but yes what all of us are enduring even now we are being put through the trials which is refining us by fire the trying of our faith happens as our faith is refined It happens by trials. It happens by this sort of crucible of suffering, so to speak. And the image that is portrayed in those verses by the Apostle Peter is this image of sort of, you know, a metallurgist kind of putting gold that's been unrefined, and he's putting it in a furnace, a a furnace, a a crucible to... make it familiar, put it in this really uh, extremely hot temperatures in order to burn off these blemishes. It requires this blazing heat, but what results is pure gold. What results oftentimes as we go through this crucible of suffering, our, our souls are refined our faith is proven genuine, such as why we have that paradoxical lifestyle that Peter actually identifies that we can rejoice even in this. Rejoice, yes, even in this suffering. Why? Jesus is working on us, Jesus is developing us, growing us, proving our faith not because we're strong, not because we are so high and mighty, not because we are somehow this these superstars uh, of, of scripture, so to speak. It's because he is the one who's sustaining us. That's, if I, if I can learn anything, and I, and I pray that you can learn anything too from this year, it's that, is that the only thing that sustains us isn't our ability to be faithful, it's Jesus's faithfulness for us. That's what is being proven in these times. Are you resting in his faithfulness for you? Or are you trying to get by in this life on your own accord, on your own ability, on your own strength, on your own sort of uh, uh, measure of ability uh, to, to trust in God? Or are you measuring your faith by your own sort of uh, disfaith in yourself and faith in Jesus? Um, uh, there's a lot to be said for that. Um, I, 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 I won't pretend that I'm some sort of expert on this. <laughs> God is refining me uh, in a very, very real ways, and I, and I think that's what he's doing with all of us. I, I can't pretend to know why God would allow 2020 to happen and unfold the, the way that it has Just like I'm sure Caleb would admit that he has no idea necessarily why God has allowed he and his wife and his family to endure the season of suffering that he has allowed them to go through, but such is our hope such is the paradoxical faith of the Christian life, that it isn't ours to necessarily know why. It's ours to know who is above and behind and through it all. It's the Jesus, the the man of sorrows, who suffers alongside of us, who suffers for us, who is oppressed and crushed in every way, just like we are, yet without sin. So that way, that hope, that confidence is proven true, no matter what season of life we go through, no matter what crucible of suffering we are made to endure. It's Jesus. He's the one that is proven true, who is proven faithful. That's what we can rely on. That's what we can hope in. And yes, that's the one that that Caleb now has been ordained to champion. That's the one that I myself as a reverend of this church am ordained to preach through all of the years that the Lord blesses me. That is the one message that I have, that Jesus is the one who is utterly and always reliable, the one who is always the one that we can count on, bank on, trust in, put our faith in, because he's the one who never fails. He's the one who never wavers. He's the one whose love is never changing. It is inseparable. It is unflinching. It is it. It doesn't blink at our faults and our failures and our trials and our struggles. It presses into us even, yes, even when we are lowly, when we are weak, when we are weary. This is what I think God is showing us through this season of life it's what i would i'm i'm bold enough to say that he has shown caleb and amanda in a really real, really real way and i think that's what he's showing all of us yes even now even through this season this COVID 19 season this season of just distress and worry and and doubt and fear and unknown and these quote unprecedented times he's refining us refining us so that we too may result In the praise and glory and honor of Jesus Christ, I pray uh, that you would, too, would be able to see the same things happening in your life. That your faith, yeah, it might waver, but we can be rested. We can be made to be still in the fact that Jesus' faith for us, it doesn't waver. It doesn't fluctuate. That's, That's the pure good news of the gospel. I hope that blesses your heart. It's what I've been learning or just what I've been chewing on this past week. Uh, and that kind of is a good segue uh, to the, the the one of the segments of this show, which is, what did I preach on? Well, I didn't really preach on anything this past week because I was, I was away. I was traveling. But I'm so eager to get back in the pulpit on this Sunday, uh, not only because I'm going to be continuing uh, my sermon series through the book of Ecclesiastes uh, in Sunday morning, but on Sunday evening, I'm getting ready to start a sermon series through uh, the Peter's letters, so first and second Peter, and, um, those verses 1 Peter 1 6 through 6-7 have just been they, they jumped out to me as I was going through this weekend and as in conjunction with that as I was reading and studying for this sermon series it was just so impactful just to realize yes that's what God is doing that is what God has been doing through all of us and, and that's what he did with St. Peter too if you look at his life he was put through a crucible of suffering and he came out on the other side not because of anything in and of himself, but because Jesus' love cannot be taken away. It brought him back into renewal, into restored relationship, and it worked through him as he was one of the chief and critical ones to establish the church. I'm sort of getting ahead of myself there, (laughs) but uh, I am so eager to preach again, so we'll have some uh, sermon reflections next week. So I I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're blessed by a couple of those thoughts. I want to take a moment, though, before uh, we keep going in the show to give you a word from our sponsor. Do you like coffee? I know that you do, and that's why I want to tell you about Fresh Roasted Coffee. Fresh Roasted is a locally owned and operated coffee house right here in central Pennsylvania that is committed to providing the highest quality coffee on earth. They do so by sourcing only the freshest coffee beans and by using the most eco-friendly roasting technology in the world. Fresh Roasted's USDA-certified organic coffee beans ensure that your coffee is consistently regulated at each stage of the production process and completely free of GMOs and harmful synthetic substances. Fresh Roasted Coffee roasts their beans per order with immediate packaging and shipping directly to your door, meaning that you get to experience fresh coffee at its peak drinkability. That's what I like. I was introduced to fresh-roasted coffee soon after moving to central Pennsylvania, and I'm so happy I was because I think it's literally the best coffee out there. Their Blackbeard's Revenge blend is out of this world good. Whether you use a regular drip coffee maker or pour over or a French press, however you get your coffee fix, make it fresh-roasted. Go to the link in the notes for this show and use the offer code GRACE10 at checkout. That's offer code GRACE10 at checkout to get a discount on your next order. back for the rest of the show though um I want to just share a few more things, uh, a few more thoughts that I've kind of been mulling over uh, recently. Just to continue, uh, last time we were, to, I was talking with you. I I shared some some books that I'm reading. I'm still really devouring Dane Ortlund's "Gentle and Lowly: The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers," and it's such a refreshing read. I think that's the word that I can just uh, that just keeps coming up as I read each and every little reflection on Jesus's heart, His heart for yes, for sinners and sufferers. Is it's just it's refreshing, endearing, uh, just just warm warmth. There's just a warmth of feeling that I get every single time that I read each chapter. The chapters are easily easily digestible, and what they do is they just bring and raise your your heart and your soul's attention to the worth of Jesus and the heart of Jesus for sinners like us sufferers like us i highly recommend that you get that book i put the link in the description make sure you go and you find it it's it's a book that i i recommend to everyone it's is is isn't it's an easy read. He Dane, he puts a lot of really powerful theological truths at a level in which anyone can engage with them, and he does so in a way that always brings it back to the heart of Jesus, which is a heart of love and, and a heart of gentleness and lowliness, and a heart that is desirous of bringing and restoring and renewing fellowship and relationship with sinners and sufferers. So, uh, definitely recommend that one. The other one I want to recommend to you this week is one that I've been using for my upcoming sermon series on Peter's letters, which is uh, Martin Luther's commentary on First and Second Peter, and he also includes a, a brief commentary and introduction to uh, the letter of Jude in the same volume. Uh, you can find it for free. You can read it on Google Books. I've put that link there in the description. I highly recommend reading it. He examines uh, Peter's letters in a really profound way. Uh, I'm getting through the first chapter here, and I'm already really, I, I love Martin Luther's commentaries and what he does uh, through, the letters. Um, And so I would definitely recommend that uh, if you're wondering what I'm reading right now. That's one of the other ones I'm reading. What's been helpful this week? Well... I've been really reflecting a a lot more uh, on my recent visit to the movie theaters. (laughs) I went to see Christopher Nolan's newest film, Tenet, um, which I talked about on a a podcast that I do with my sister called the Cinema Siblings Podcast, which if you want to hear me talk about movies, you can go there and listen to that. Um, But... Uh, just from a purely cinematic level, uh, Tenet is one of the most thrilling movies I've ever seen. It's uh, The word that I keep having to come back to is just... What a spectacle. It's a it's a movie that has just incredible visuals, incredible pacing, incredible timing. And it's a movie that will really, <laughs> it'll really get you. It'll really put you into the moment, so to speak, and it will allow you to see uh, something that you've never seen before. And I, maybe that's a cliche thing to talk about uh, when, it's, when it comes to movies, but <laughs> I don't necessarily think so when it comes to this one. This is a movie that truly has put things on camera that haven't really been Seen before, but as I've reflected more uh, cinematically, I love it. Spiritually, if you want to use this movie as sort of a as sort of insight into the human psyche and soul, you'll 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 come away with a defeatist sort of outlook. Uh, there's a line that um, that that comes through as it deals with with. You know, this sort of reversing of time, which the film calls inversion, Uh, and one of the lines from the movie is one of the characters talks about his faith in sort of the mechanics of the world, and (laughs) as I've reflected more on that, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I don't have to put my faith in the mechanics of the world. If I did, it would be defeating. It would be demoralizing. Uh, There's things that we endure as we were talking about the crucible of suffering that we cannot change, that we cannot get out of, that we cannot escape, that are unavoidable. The mechanics of the world are full of heartbreak and grief and sadness. We don't have to put our faith in that. In, in things that we cannot change, in things that we cannot have control over. We uh, we are blessed as those who are chiefly those of the gospel of the kingdom. We put our faith in the one who has started the mechanics of the world. Yes, the one who puts the world into motion, who oversees it all. It's the King Christ. Uh, he's the one who is there for us. Yes, even through all of the spectacle of suffering that our world displays for us, that we endure on a daily basis, um, I invite you to watch *Tenet*. It's a great film. If you're looking at it from a Christian's perspective, I've put two links in the article in, in the description for this show. One from the Gospel Coalition, one from another one called Think Christian, that uh, which examine the show from different outlooks, uh, or examine the movie *Tenet* from different outlooks. and And they're great pieces. Essays that I think are well worth your time. Uh, I just want to read you a quick uh, snippet from one of those, which is from uh, an article by Brett McCracken. It's the, the, it's the article that is on the Gospel Coalition, which he entitles Tenet Inverts transcendent, Transcendence and Folds It Back into Eminence, which he talks about this sort of secular faith that is exhibited not just through Tenet, but also all through um, Christopher Nolan's films, Uh, Brett McCracken writes this, "...dazzling as Tenet's magic may be, Tenet doesn't point beyond itself and offers only a momentary, fantastical reprieve from the onslaught of unconquerable time. Christians, yes, also believe our longings, aches, and explorations for beyond illuminate the here, but not because they merely mirror this world back to us. Rather, the illumination comes by reflecting a reality beyond this world." It's a supernatural reality unconstrained by the, quote, mechanics of the world, and thus one that prompts tenets of faith more radical and hopeful than those on offer in Nolan's cinematic universe. I I really appreciate Brett's reflection and Brett's articulation of just what's on display in movies like Tenet. It's a movie that, yes, has a secular, humanistic sort of faith— and one which is, yes, might be cinematically thrilling is actually spiritually defeating. Um, I invite you to read those. I invite you to watch the movie. It's it's really quite fascinating. Uh, what I want you to remember this week, well, it's a quote from Dane Ortlands Gentle and Lowly. I can't escape this one. It's one that appears early on in the book. But he writes this, quote, The cumulative testimony of the four Gospels is that when Jesus Christ sees the fallenness of the world all about him, his deepest impulse, his most natural instinct is to move toward that sin and suffering, not away from it. This, this I think, is what is most indicative of Christ's heart he is not one who is aloof to the to he's not aloof to the, the problems the the heartaches the crucible of suffering which drives this world actually his deepest heart his deepest motivation his deepest emotion as or as dane writes here his deepest impulse is to move toward that sin and suffering because he is the God of sinners and sufferers, the one who takes on sin and endures suffering on our behalf in order to eradicate and remove it and to totally uh, destroy it. Uh, I'm so thankful for the testimony of the gospel, which tells us of a God who does that on our behalf. It's a gospel, I think, that we need. I think so often we think that God is moving away from us because of who we are, because of how fickle we are and how frail our faith is. Actually, he's a God who moves towards us because he's a God who who moves towards sin and suffering to display his grace and mercy for us. Um, It's a truth worth remembering. I hope it'll encourage you this week. Um, Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this episode. Uh, If you have any questions, feel free to email me, comment on this episode. Email me at pastorbradgray at gmail.com. You can always contact me through the contact form on this website, uh, but on the website graceupongrace.net, If you want to subscribe to Ministry Minded, you can do so on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or on several other, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, really. Uh, I appreciate all your encouragement, though, and all your support. Thanks so much for listening. I hope I'll see you. I hope you'll be here on the next episode. So blessings. Have a great week.